Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 256. Hut, hut, hut. Recording this live. What is this? October 25th, 2015 in the evening. Nice Sunday afternoon. No baseball to watch. No hockey to watch. I'm not a football fan. So I'm literally twiddling my thumbs. Thought we might as well do a podcast. My name is Rob Woodbridge from foco.co. And with me as usual. Oh my God. The whirlwind continues. But back at yes, home. It is Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association. LBMA. LBMA. Yeah. With yes. our, our new uh, our new uh, collector edition uh, glass bottles there, LBMA. decanters. Yeah, decanters. that looks that yeah. is amazing. Um, the um, yeah, back in Toronto for like literally two days. Coffee before break. I hop on the road tomorrow morning. What uh, do they call that? They call that a coffee break in the in the majors, right? A coffee break. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Jays are on a long coffee break now. They're golfing. They're golfing. Um, sad, sad to say, but you know they had a good run. They, they they played well, um, and um, you know they've they've got a team that, that can compete for a few years to come. So there I, you go. It is absolutely true. Now I'll I'll be honest with you: is that when the rain started falling in that game in Game Six, uh, I may have shut my eyes for a little while. I may have. I saw Jose Bautista pull out basically the clutchest appearance in his career uh, with two home runs, including the game tying two run shot. Yeah. Um, and that kid, that guy just never, he just, he, him, he, like, I, I loathe him, but I'd hate, I hate to face him. Right. But if, yeah. he was, if he was on the Yankees, I'd love the guy. He because, just, he just steps up when, when, when you need him. But then talk about a guy who just couldn't step up, couldn't see his way from the plate in Josh Donaldson, this series, man, though, to go ahead, run and tying run second and third. That guy is always money with that happening. He just can't like a little feeble ground out to third to end the yeah. series. How do they get a guy on second and third, nobody out, and not bring one home? Well, it, it, you know what though, like it's it's uh, it, it's the old thing, it's, and you you hear it more in hockey than you do in baseball. But like, you know, most of these guys, like they're they're playing these last like three four weeks injured in yeah. some form or fashion, and they you don't know what they've got. Like they're not talking about it, right? But they they all got something going on, and uh, but they're playing through it. They're gutting it out, and they're they're doing what they can do. Um, but I mean, Osuna was injured, Sanchez was injured, Russell Martin's injured. But you know, Encarnacion's injured. They're and all I'm injured. not saying nobody on Kansas City's injured, by oh, the way. Who's the catcher uh, in Kansas City that kept like just getting nailed yeah. every minute? Perez, yeah. But it's uh yeah, Donaldson's got yeah some kind of shoulder problem or something. I think that there's there's definitely injuries like Encarnacion was in his when his wasn't himself, but Bautista just stepped up like a, impressed with that guy. But but it shows you like and this is the last we'll talk about baseball because the World Series starts and really I don't care if the Mets or the Royals win I just don't care right. <clears throat> but that play for Afasuna on the single that scored the run from first base like. You know, I've seen I've seen the Jays and a little bit of immaturity in their in their defense. They played so well all year, right? Um, except for like Pilar's catch off the wall was just crazy great. I, I mean, if you're not a baseball fan, you got to look these things up because Pilar is a is a one man highlight. And, and Revere's like catch. Yeah, well, both of those guys, right? The, the, the outfield is sound, but it just seemed to me that that it was the small mental mistakes that killed the Jays, like that play where the you know. Um, um, uh, Martin threw it off of the uh, and it hit the batter on the way. Like those little things like that, they come back to haunt you. And that that single with a man on first, how do you score from first base on a single? Right, like that's just something that is weird that happens never. Yeah, and it's those little things that happen. But the clutch hitting, all you need with runners on second and third, after no, but like you can't. I, all you I need mean, is a fly ball. As a guy who played baseball, Rob, like yeah. I, I, you know, I, and we shouldn't be talking about all this, but the. I don't think anything was done wrong there. I mean, no, nobody, no, nobody, nobody in a normal baseball game scores. would go first to home nope. in that play. Nope. So the throw to second base is the normal play. I know. That's what everybody has been trained their entire life to do. So I don't think there was an error there. No, 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 there wasn't an error. It was just, it was just a weird play. that. Yeah. that, that so you won- can't fault them for doing what they have been trained to do. I know. 
right? Like nobody expects that guy to go home. But just like in business though, and maybe this is where we'll end it, just like in business, it's the companies and the people that do the unexpected that end yes. up winning, right? And that's sure. exactly what Casey did. Either, Absolutely. either way, I'm, I'm disappointed, you know, that they, they, they didn't go on and, and uh, Toronto's disappointed as well. But uh, yeah, you're right. Good base for next year. We'll see what happens. Yeah, sorry. All, All right. right. So now, now listen, we were also in Chicago when the Cubs were actually eliminated. Uh, and we were there because of... Retail, retail loco. How was that, Asif Khan? You know what? I think it was the best retail loco yet. Uh, and my good buddy Tim Hayden was over, uh, who now heads up the LBMA in San Francisco and was there with his company, Signal Labs. He's been at all the retail locos. And as a guy who hails from Austin, you know, where we have, you know, retail loco every year as well during South by Southwest, for him to get up, and he was the first one to say it, like he, you know, to get up and say, this is the best retail loco he's been at yet. You know, like for me, that was a big statement. Uh, yeah. I think we had, you know, big, big turnout, consistent crowd, uh, great speakers, uh, lots of positive feedback, lots of social media conversation about it. Um, so, you know, I was very pleased, uh, you know, uh, and, and and just talking anecdotally to people uh, about the content and what they learned. Uh, I think it was good. Really good. I will concur. I was only there for the first day, of course, because I had to race home for my kid's birthday on the second day. Um, but it was by far the best retail local that i've been to and i don't i maybe how many have i been to one two three three, three i think yeah. yeah um and uh you know the hot sauce committee did not disappoint they I, did not for those of you who are listening for the first time i badgered everybody at the conference to so go 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 and they did not disappoint performers yeah. performers man they were fantastic they were very we, good we, we will always bring them back we <laughs> exactly they have to be a staple wherever you are so shall they be uh, and, and the feedback that I got, the buzz was great. The conversations that I saw were great. They were happening. I think that the crowd was very interactive. And uh, one of the things that I noticed from start to finish is that, as you were saying, the density of the crowd was maintained. Yes. It was. Even though that lunch on the first day was just this monstrous lunch that put me to sleep. It was just, <laughs> I ate so much. It was meatballs, so good. <laughs> meatballs. Meatballs. Anyways. Yeah. It, was, it was. Congratulations, man. Yeah, it was, it was a very good event, and to everybody who put uh, that on, I, I, I cannot believe, if you're listening to this, why you would not be at that conference. It's crazy. Yeah, well, don't miss the next one. Do yeah, not. Uh, Sometime that, which, in March. By the way, is March 13th uh, at South by Southwest in Austin. South by so Southwest. You Your excuse <laughs> um, to be there. But we got, we're in the height of the... Uh, you got some stuff to talk about. Yeah, we got in the height of the event season right now. we got a lot coming up, so I'm going to quick quick rundown on what's coming up in the next week and a half. Um this week, tomorrow, I'm heading off to Las Vegas for Money 2020, which is from uh, the 25th to the 28th, uh, the largest payments conference on the planet. Over 10,000 people uh, attend this thing. I've got a great panel I'm doing with Gimbal and Flybits and Digital Insight. Um, and so that's uh, looking re really looking forward to that. Um, so I'm there for a couple of days in Vegas uh, this week. And then I'm going over to Atlanta to hang out with uh, Aubriana and, and my, my team over there for uh, Mobility Live. Uh, which is one of the biggest mobile conferences that happens in Atlanta on an annual basis. It's been going for a number of years, so excited about that as well. Uh, and then on the 29th, I won't be there, but the Amsterdam chapter is getting going again uh, with an event called Mobile Loyalty and Location. So check, take a look at that. Um, and uh, should I even go into the following week? Probably, right? But um, November 3rd uh, and 4th, I'll be in San Francisco. For Advantage Geomarketing, this is the Burrell uh, Location Conference, big, big event out uh, on the West Coast. And uh, I'll stop at that for now uh, and, and uh, let it go for, uh, for there. So you got Las Vegas, you got Atlanta, you Amsterdam. got Amsterdam, and you got San Francisco all in the next week and a half. Oh, my goodness. And you can, if you want details, just go to thelbma.com forward slash events. Well, Asif, yes. This is the this is the tough challenge of uh, of doing this being the being the voice of location. Yeah, you have to be in different places. You got to be there. You got to be, be on location. You got to be you got to be on location if you want to talk about location. See how this works? There you go. All right. All right, so we got uh, this show, we've got our great uh, got 10 stories for you. First our industry news and then of course our member news. If you are a member of the LBMA, uh, you should actually make sure that Asif gets your news because then we can broadcast it here and help you get the word out. I mean, I think it just makes sense to me, doesn't it, Asif? It makes sense to I you? I think, yeah. Yeah, and contrary to popular belief, you know, I, I am actually not even affiliated 
except for my relationship with Asif and except for what we do here in this podcast uh, with, with the LBMA. I'm not employed by them. I, I kept on getting people coming and say, hey, Rob, great event. Congratulations. And I would have to say, well, no, no, no. It has nothing to do with me. Yes. But you know what? We're going to fix that this year, Rob, because now that you're with FOCO. We can actually become a member. We're going to make you a member. And like we're going to be talking about member news. It will be FOCO. Oh, nice. The FOCO. The FOCO. Uh, you know, uh, the focal point of the... Uh, there it is. It's going to be... Remember, focal, it was brought focal, to you by Foco. Yeah. The focal point. I like that. I like that. But I just want to make that very clear is that I had nothing to do with this event. I just showed up and that was it. So for those of you who think that I'm oh, involved he, with it... He, he's lying. He was... He emceed the entire first day. I did. Kept everything moving and on time and, uh, you know, uh, with his usual uh, wit and... Uh, and, and style, which everybody appreciates. By the way, that was the, the tons of feedback on uh, on how good you are, Rob. So but it was it was a blast. It was a lot of fun, and uh, and I'll tell you, this is the first time ever that I've done a, a conference like this. I don't do this very often. In fact, you and then uh, this this organization called Canucks or this event called Canucks um, here in uh, in Ottawa are the only two that that I am involved with like this, and it's the very first time that I've ever finished early. We finished early. Yes, we, got people we did. Early, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's the greatest feeling. Yeah. All right. Well, let's All right. let's let's, uh, let's jump, jump into, into the, the first story. Yeah, let's jump into the industry news. And we've got a resource here as well from Gimbal. It's called Unlocking the Future of Mobile Out of Home. Um, that's just a little preview. We're just going to go over it very quickly. But I think it's time to, to actually jump into the first news item. And it's my turn. Well, our first our first item comes from a company that's uh, in Israel. It's called Zikit. As, as far as I can tell, it's called Zikit. They have this thing called the Now or Never Coupon. And it is exactly as you would say. It's like basically a disappearing coupon. So it is is supposed to actually help you help entice people to come into the store to buy something. So as you walk by the store, uh, it's all it's all triggered by beacons. They're working with Estimote about for serious serious indoor location. Um, and so when you walk into the store, it says, "Hey, Bing! Here's a coupon. It only is valid for this visit. The moment you walk out of the store, it is now no longer valid." And you know, on first blush, this might think sound like a great idea, um, but Remember all those years ago, like three or four, when all those coupon companies came out and they said like like Groupon, remember, and Living Social, and uh, and people were trying to basically giving away their business to get customers in, and it sets this expectation about discounts. And I despise this idea, and I despise it, not 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 so much the concept of walking into store getting notifications, which I think is somewhat intrusive, as we found at a retail loco. A lot of companies found that sending messages is not the appropriate way to do something right now. Collecting data and then providing value later on when they're not in the store is something of, of tremendous value. But if you've got somebody in the store, I, we, we, I see if this just brings me back to our conversations three, four years ago where we said like, you don't give people discounts when they're standing with a product in line waiting to pay for that product at full price. And that's what this just harkens back to where, where these guys are saying, listen, we're a discount, 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 discount. That's the way that we're going to win business. And I just think that it's faulty. It's faulty logic. This is an old school business model trying to help retailers when really what it does is hinder retailers. So it, maybe this is their first venture into this, but I despise this idea about discounting when as soon as you walk in the store. It's not that is not how you want to entice your customers at all. And I you know, retailers are smarter than this. And if you're doing this, you're a dumb retailer and you don't deserve to be in business because you won't be in business because you will never ever ever get full price. Just like Banana Republic, like the Gap and like Old Navy. The only reason they're in business is I don't even know, is because they discount. Who pays full price anymore? But this, to me, is a ridiculous idea. Go find a better use of, of, uh, of, of, of beacons and notifications because, A, we don't like notifications being buzzed as when we, when we walk past a, a store. And, B, if you build your business on discounts, you're going to die. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what to I say to that. To respond to that. <laughs> yeah. I, w I will say this. Uh, um, the, the premise of the uh, disappearing coupon. Smart. If you're going to do it, I love. Um, and you, you remember we talked about the project uh, that we did with the Gap yep. and uh, mm -hmm. and Snapchat. So here, yes. you know what I like about that is is that you know Snapchat's whole premise is you know here's a message and then that message disappears. Um, but what you're you're doing here is you're leveraging the community of you know of of downloads of inst install base that yep. Snapchat has. In this case, I'm I'm in agreement with you. If if somebody's already in the store. Why are we pushing out a discount, um, you know, and simply eroding the margin? Yep. We're in the Snapchat example. Uh, you know, yes, Audience there was still yes, there was a discount offered there, but 
in addition to that, what was interesting, and I think what makes it you know worthwhile, is is that um, you could share the offer with you know a bunch of other friends that you're connected to on Snapchat, thus drawing more people into the store that you didn't have before. Smart. Um, and so while you might be discounting the product, you, you now now you're selling that discounted product to like instead of one person, you know, you know, 15 people, and, and so you know potentially you make it up uh, along the way. So I think there's an opportunity. Here, I think the premise of the sort of disappearing offer has value, but yeah, I agree with you on the uh, on the store. Uh, on the in store. I'm already there. You know, why am I you know doing this? So. Get get them off the couch, right? Yeah. So I I believe in this. And 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 well, as I, as I, as I said at Retail Local, right? There's this three pieces to the cake, right? It's mm-hmm. you got to get them to the store first, right? Right, and that's got to be the first part of your location strategy before you start figuring out, you know. The engagement piece in store. So, but you can use you can use disappearing coupons to get somebody into the store. Time so, limit coupons. So do that. Yeah. But but do it when they're you know with existing customers that are sitting on the couch somewhere. Like you've got to entice them to get into the store. But when they're in the store, the last thing you want to do is give away a quarter of your store. I don't I don't get that. I just I, so the idea of this in store stuff. I thought we were all past that. I thought yeah. we were just we we just figured it out that look you don't discount when you're in the store when you're standing in line. I just I I, I don't get it. So yeah. Zikit stinks. Zik hyphen it dot com. Okay. All right. We're gonna All right. Cease on and to our desist on that. Story. Second story. Uh, here, right here in Toronto, there's a company uh, called SoundPays, and as the name implies, it's about paying with sound. Um, and so this was a uh, company that won the uh, Best in Show Award uh, at the Finnovate Fall Conference. Uh, I assume these guys will be at Money 2020 as well. Um, and basically, uh, the merchant, uh, the way this works is merchant uh, downloads the uh, SoundPlays um, plugin for their computers. Each product in the store is assigned a specific ultrasonic tone. So this is like a, a Shazam um, type of um, you know, signal, uh, sound signal that you can't hear with the human ear. Um, and um, and then the, the merchant's computer emits these sounds, um, and um, the smartphone app on the other side that the, the, the customer has in hand can hear these sounds and pick them up. Uh, and and the app itself is associated with your credit card information um, that is stored in the you know well not in the app but but the the linking is stored in the servers off site. Uh, nothing stored in the app itself um, for obvious security reasons. And away you go. So basically, uh, you simply match the sound to the product, uh, and uh, and then basically, uh, once it hears that sound, it, it connects, and, and the payment is facilitated with this pre-stored information. Um, I'm not a big fan of this either. Why? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I, I don't necessarily think this is uh, the the way we're going to pay in the future. Um, and and and, the, and and I think my main reason for this is is that I don't. I'm not sure we need a new technology. Uh, way to facilitate a payment like this, um, and partly because I think things like you know Google Wallet and Apple Pay and all these kinds of things, it, you know, are 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 the ones that are going to win because they have well, especially Apple Pay, they have that huge install base of iTunes accounts. Like, who's going to go out right now and and download this thing and and then put their uh, their payment credentials into it uh, and 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 set all this stuff up like I, I like there's got to be more utility to it than just hey I can pay with sound um, you know what am I getting so ridiculous. You know, in addition to that so I'm sorry I mean so you just ripped the the zicket and now I'm ripping sound I'm sorry oh it's gonna get better though Steve it's gonna get better oh so, so there you go um, sound pay uh, pay with sound uh, Toronto based company you know what guys I'll tell you what if you're hearing this and you are at money 2020 Send me a message. I will come sit down with you, have a coffee, and you can tell me face to face why this is a good idea and and how it's you know how it's going to improve my life. And I'd be happy to come on the show next week after that conversation and and explain to everybody uh, you know how I was wrong. Sounds good. And you know what, Steve? I'm going to buy you a coffee right now. I'm going to give you the. So I'm sending you to buy sound. Right there, you go. Oh my God! You know, I I, I forgot to tell you. That uh, when I when I, we were at that dinner um, on the first night on the twenty first yes and uh, and I met a couple of guys there that listen to the podcast and uh, I don't I don't remember who said it first but they said oh so you're the guy that does the podcast with us even I'm like yeah 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 that's me that's me and he's like I said and he kind of looked at me with that kind of inquisitive look like hmm and I said oh, what I'm not what I'm not what you expected he said no 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 I thought you'd be bigger 
I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah. So I just curled up in my little ball. Anyway, I thought you'd be bigger. You know what? That's not something you say to people. No. No. No, no. You know what? I thought you would be skinnier. I thought you'd be thinner. Anyway. All right. So uh, from, I think from, uh, from terrible to bad to uh, ridiculous. This is like the sublime here. This is terrible. Um, I, I don't remember the last time I picked up a physical book. I mean, I got books behind me, but they're for show. I haven't read any of those. Yeah. Maybe the Springsteen books. Some of them I have. But they're like 15-year-old books that I haven't picked up or dusted. The last time, I see, when was the last time you picked up a physical book? The only time, I'd say like once or twice a year, like I'll, I'll, I'll do a physical book. Like if I'm like at somebody's cottage yes. and I'm just kind of sitting around, uh, you know, uh, lounging around on the couch. And I'll, like I will read an actual book. Um you know, or like on a vacation or something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's the only time. The rest of the time, it's all audiobooks. Yep. Um, I read yeah. a newspaper. I read a newspaper on the way from uh, from Ottawa up to yeah. uh, down to Chicago. And yeah. uh, and then as I was walking with the newspaper, I got flagged. Um, and I had to go through all the extra security. So it was suspicious that I was carrying a newspaper. So they're like, hey, that guy, the guy with the newspaper, you know, frisk him. Full, full, full cavity search. But anyways, uh, th- th- that's close to what happened anyway but so here's here's a thing about short stories is that um there's a company in france uh, in grenoble uh, there's there's a company in france and they install these in the city of grenoble they're basically vending machines for short stories you can decide uh, listen i want a one minute a three minute or a five minute short story and they will print them out for you literally like on a receipt piece of paper so think about the receipts that you get from starbucks whatever the long receipts and you can actually read a short story uh, this it's it's a company called Short Edition, uh, and this is this is what they do. They've set these up in libraries. They've set these up at city hall, and it's part of a pilot pilot project uh, done by uh, Christophe Sibiud. Um, and they're I don't know what they're trying to do here. I, I just I don't understand what they're trying to do. So the times that you decide that you don't want to look at your smartphone or your tablet, the times that you are really bored and you need to fill a minute or three or five. The whole idea is that you get a short story uh, on on paper, uh, and I, I think that uh, summed up very well in one of the comments that I read in the story is that save a tree, read it on your phone. This is going backwards, and I wholeheartedly agree with this. First of all, wrong locations. Like if you're going to do this, do this on the bus, right? Mm-hmm. At a bus stand or something like that, or like at, at at the airport or somewhere where there's a concentration of people, where maybe you you're done waiting and you want a little bit of uh, I- entertainment other than what's on your on your device. And the other thing that would be great is that um, maybe maybe do something smarter, like uh, send it to your phone, get them to download an app. We always talk about this kind of attention economy, and it would be very interesting to me if you listen. I, I want to be able to download a PDF version of that story and then and read it on my on my iPhone. The idea that I'm printing this out is just so backwards. It's ridiculous. I like. I know it's an experiment. They're giving it away for free, but why? I just, just why, 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 Asif? Why are people doing these things? Like they're they're creating technology around nothing, yeah. around stuff that just doesn't make sense. Why? Yeah. Why? That's it. That's all I got. And I'm all for the short story, but deliver it to me digitally. Like, why print it out? Yeah. Like, what person on this planet doesn't have a phone? Yeah. Like, there's billions of phones out there. And what, we have to chop down a tree and I have to read it on basically the, the equivalent of a, of a receipt? Like, oh, why? 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 Anyway. There you go. That's what it's called. Short edition. Vending okay. machine for short stories. All right. Now... Our fourth story over to Montreal, Montreal, and um, this one actually, you know, I'm not going to knock this one. Good, good. I I like this. I think this is adds some value to, uh, you know, the life of the traveler like myself. Uh, So uh, just a few days ago, Montreal startup named Unmapped. uh, That's one word, Unmapped. uh, Launched their uh, their product of the same name and. what they are trying to do is uh, create a, a, a system for travelers that uh, is, brings together collaborative itinerary and, and an experience solution all in one. So what they're saying is, is that the travel industry, from a service technology perspective, is very fragmented. So you have guys that are booking engines and hotel engines and you have you know, social networking tools and then you have you know, guidebooks on cities and, and all that kind of stuff, but they're all separate. Like, you know, you can't 
you know, you don't go to Expedia necessarily and, you know, have the whole city guide there that you would have in folders or uh, you don't have the social networking pieces, you know, all linked together. So that's what they're trying to do is kind of bring this all together. So it's a platform for connecting travelers, their friends, their social networks and the travel brands uh, all together in one place. Um, and it's called Unmapped. And so um, it reminds me a little bit of that, uh, that project that, uh, that we were involved with a couple years ago with KLM. Uh, called Must See Map, mm -hmm. and you remember, you remember how um, they did it obviously as a way to drive, you know, brand and, and and things like that. But what they did was is was really cool. You could go to this website, and if you're planning a vacation to some destination that uh, Kellum uh, uh, traveled to, you you could basically go on and say, hey, I'm looking to go to Rome, and then you would you would log in with your your Facebook credentials, and it would it would pull your social connections, and then it would sort through all your friends that you're connected to. And find people who've been to Rome. So instead of you having to build your, uh, you know, your uh, your sightseeing map based on you know just recommendations from the world at large, you could build it based on your actual friends and where they've been. Because the idea is is that the social lens, the filter of your friends, people like you that you get along with, uh, is more of a trusted source than you know some independent you know third party thing that you don't know anything about. And so I think that's a bit of kind of what they're going for here is, is you know, booking travel, you know, incorporating the need for, uh, you know, understanding what your friends and, and, and people you're connected to socially are saying about those places and kind of tying it all together. So I like this. Uh, it's called Unmapped. Uh, take a look at it. From Montreal, Montreal. From Montreal. Home of my future Montreal Expos. Yes. 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 By the way, uh, there is a little bit of sports going on today, Rob. What's that? Toronto FC and the Montreal Impact are playing right now uh, and it's playoffs. Toronto FC is actually for the first time ever in the playoffs. Rob. This is soccer, right? Mm -hmm. This is soccer, yeah. yeah. I'm not a big soccer guy, but I got nothing else right now, people. Mm -hmm. The Leafs suck. Um, the Senators the, suck. The Blue Jays are out of the playoffs. Yeah. My football team, Tor Toronto football team, is struggling the last little bit. And so all I got now is soccer, which I'm not a big fan of. Um but we're in the playoffs. You see right, a lot I, of the... I, um, so, so here I am. Now I am the bandwagon guy. Exactly. Jumping on it. Like but I got nothing else to do. There's nothing like, uh, you know, when you go to the Toronto FC, I know, I know you'll see a whole bunch of the, uh, you know, the, the Toronto Blue Jays there supporting the FC, right? They're, yeah. out, they're out to those games all the time. Wait. Not at all. It's soccer. All right. All right. So our last story, and it doesn't get better for me, unfortunately. It just doesn't get better. <laughs> it doesn't get better. But I mean, I think I started with the worst story, and then I'm progressively getting better. There's a company called GetPixie. Go to GetPixie.com. Very simple. Uh, this is about putting beacons, or uh, I, I would assume that these are beacons. Basically, putting uh, beacons, stickable beacons onto things so that they don't get lost. Come on! So... But Rob, it's shaped like a guitar pick. I I know. I, like get pixie, get it, get pixie. Um, Springsteen might be able to use this. It looks like a guitar pick. They're small. Well, I don't even think that they're small. Like I would not put one of these on the back of my phone or my remote control. And that's what exactly what it's meant for is that it it uses like a, a, what the technology might be pretty cool. It's like a mesh network of when you put when you plug these onto your devices or when you put them onto the devices. I'm sure that they're powered by lithium-ion batteries, so you're gonna have to change the freaking batteries at some point. Like the whole idea of these things is that set and forget. And and um and I, I'm I'm not a big fan of these, as you can tell, of these companies that just want me to put a uh, you know some kind of sensor or beacon onto a device and leave it there so that I don't forget it or that I have to find it. And if you're so disorganized that you can't find your goddamn remote control, you know tie it to your television set. I, I just I don't get this. This is these things are fifteen dollars each, and the last thing I'm going to do is put that fifteen dollars onto a remote control. And and you know it just doesn't make sense. I, I, anyways, that's what they do. But what's cool about it is this mesh network that that basically the pixies talk to each other as you add them to the network, so that you can it helps in the triangulation, which is pretty cool. And that's just mesh network technology. Maybe there's yep. something a little bit unique about this. But but this in general reminds me of uh, sense. Mother yes. by sense. So I, we talked to those guys three years ago, and 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 here we are with a Pixie that isn't going to be released until 2016. And and when when I talked to Sense, uh, an episode on Untether, uh, w basically what they said is that look, we don't believe that you should be sticking uh, beacons onto everything and then leaving them there. There's a there's a, a time and a place where you're trying to change behavior, and then once that behavior has changed, you don't need them there anymore. So he used the example. Rafi uh, used the example of, of brushing your teeth. Just put them on the toothbrush until. You 
you get into the habit of brushing your kids get into the habit of brushing your teeth and you can actually gamify it and then when they're done take it off put it on something else i just don't believe that there's a permanent place uh, for for these kinds of things i think that they'll get built in and if you've ever used something like hey find my iphone or find my ipad or find whatever this stuff is being baked into this this doesn't make any sense and to top it all off they're 15 or 17 dollars each and they're not going to be available till 2016 so th this is uh, I, this these this story and zikit are like taking me back three years to a point yeah. where we thought that this was cool because well, it's not new right no and, and i think that's the thing i mean the one the, the one thing i like about this um is is the the way you can locate these yeah. these pixie uh enabled uh things that you stuck your pixies onto so the, the what they've created which is kind of cool is an augmented reality viewer Yes. Um, and so that is kind of neat, right? Instead of you having to go look at your thing and, and check the, uh, the geofence and see, oh, we're, oh, it looks like it's you know three meters away or whatever, and, you, and you're trying to find it getting closer, getting closer, you can just hold up your phone and it actually shows you a, an AR point as to where the thing is. What if I lost um, my phone? So, this, so that's kind of cool. What I do I like that. What if I lost my phone? What if I lost my phone? Yeah, well, exactly. Then what, so, you know what, but hopefully it's not your phone that this thing's on. Well, it is because the app is on the phone, right? So like the thing that I, I'm fearful of losing the most, aside from my kids, yeah, right, is my phone. Yeah. Right? So well, that's so, what you have to find my iPhone for. Yeah, but but like it's, there's got to be something else. Like get off. I, it, yeah. It, it, no, I'm with you on, uh, on the use case, right? It, it's so frustrating. Uh, but um, yeah. Anyhow. So those are two cool things, though, because they do the mesh networks to for triangulation and location, which is cool. Um, and they also do the augmented reality piece on the smartphone, which is cool. They just got to find a better model, which is not selling these little pixies. Don't do that. It just doesn't make go. sense to me. So um, yeah. you can pre-order them if you want to. They are You can get a four-pack for $70 US, uh, which is like $107,000 Canadian right now. You get eight for $130, and then you get 12 for $190, and uh, you can get like $5 off and stuff. It just doesn't make this This kind of stuff, uh, you know, and... I don't know anybody who's doing this anymore. I mean, how many of these little things, tags, have you been given, Asif? So oh, you don't, I got, so I you got, don't a, lose I got a drawer full of them. Yeah. And do you ever use them? No. I had one where it was like, hey, it'll remind you when you when you uh, separated from your keys. And every, I'm, I'm separated from my keys most of the yeah. day because they're upstairs. I got I got one sitting on, a branded one, LBMA one, sitting on my backpack. Yeah. Yeah, and I never use it. I don't like. I I don't even. I, ha I took the app off my phone because it's but I, but it, because it's branded. I keep it on there because it says LBMA and it just it just looks cool. You're a but, poser. You're yeah, a poser. A pose, total poser. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Anyway, so if you're interested in that, uh, get pixie.com exactly as it sounds. Get pixie p i x i e dot com. All right, yeah. those are the five stories, man. Sorry that that you know what happens every once in a while where we get these stories where it's like God, what were you thinking? Except for unmapped. I think we basically skewered four out of five. Eighty percent hit rate. <laughs> uh, All right, let's talk about a cool white paper. Yeah, this is. Uh, you know, I love Gimbal. I, I've always loved Gimbal. I think that these guys understand where where uh, beacons fit, and uh, they're not the focus. They're the way that they actually collect the information to be able to then make sure that people, you drive people back to where you want them to come, mm -hmm. or want them to go. And I I love I love Gimbal. I can't tell you how much. I love Gimbal. I love their company. I love what they do. I love how they partner. I love I, I, so Gimbal's. A, I, I love them. That, that's the white paper. I love Gimbal. Okay. Yeah. So here it is. It, this is coming. This is uh, um, a new white paper, um, and it's uh, how mobile and beacons are enhancing the value of out-of-home media for advertisers and mobile app partners. And and this is a comprehensive 23-page uh, white paper that you can download from gimbal.com or you can go to the lbma.com forward slash research. It will be there. Uh, it, you, you know, some of the things that are, are really interesting for me is that if you don't understand what beacons are and you need to understand how they fit into your business, they, they highlight that the, the reason, like it's a 60 second primer on beacons. I tell you to read this first. And then it talks about um, how mobile uh, multiplies the effectiveness of out of home and beacons. So beacons and mobile how, how it uh, amplifies the effectiveness of uh, out-of-home. So they talk about geo-targeted out-of-home, adaptive out-of-home, uh, out interactive, linked, and unified, which are, you'll have to go through this. And then uh, they have seven characteristics to distinguish out-of-home advertising. And then they go into the recommendations for advertisers, mobile apps, and out-of-home media for, so broken down by section. This is a, and then of course they finish with the challenges that people in the industry are facing right now for industry and its partners. So the, the consumer experience, which we talked about ad, ad 
nauseum here around beacons, securing beacon networks, managing and protecting data and beacons and privacy, which is a very important, all of those are very important and they're all stumbling blocks right now in the beacon industry. So I highly recommend this because Gimbal understands beacons. And uh, so just go there, uh, go to uh, thelbma.com forward slash research and you can download this free white paper from Gimbal. Those guys, Pretty cool. those guys. Yeah. I have a man crush on Gimbal. They're great, and uh, they did. Uh, obviously, they were at Retail Local, and uh, added a lot of value to uh, to that to the event as well. So there you go. They Thanks do. to Alan, Alan for that. Yes, yes. I was so happy to see those guys. I think somebody came up and introduced. I can't, I can't remember his name, but he came up and introduced me. It wasn't Alan? And Tyler. Uh, Tyler. Okay, so Tyler came up and introduced himself, and I, I think I I think I uh, I freaked him out because I wanted to hug him. Just cause. Yeah, Rob. Rob was throwing hugs out to everybody at Retail Local. You sponsor something, buddy. You deserve a hug. <laughs> All right, so that is the resource. Go to thelbma.com forward slash research, and uh, you can download that white paper from Gimbal. All right, so carry on and see what's next. Some member, member news. news. So uh, again, the rapid fire uh, portion of this uh, of this podcast. So I'm going to start with Google. Uh, Google announced this week uh, that uh, they have something called the Google Shopping Insights Tool. Uh, this is a very, very powerful piece of data that they're releasing. It used to be something that they kept only internally for them for their own uh, use, and now they're making it available to uh, to the retail community. So, what did it? What is it? Um, basically, they're going to be telling and sharing with retailers. Uh, what people are searching for online, uh, what products they're searching for. This is data uh, across 16,000 U.S. cities and towns. Uh, and initially, the, the first version, uh, 5,000 products uh, that, they've, uh, that they're tracking in this service. And they're going to they're gonna expand that list uh, over the next uh, few months. But uh, So basically, what we're talking about here is if somebody is searching for, you know, um, Gillette uh, razor blades or Pandora bracelets or, or whatever the case might be, um, they, they'll be able to, uh, to provide that data for 16,000 different cities uh, you know, from a Google search uh, perspective. And they have the ability to group this stuff you know, for like-minded search terms. So they, they use the Pandora example. So they say it doesn't matter if it's Pandora bracelet or Pandora charm or, or um, Pandora bracelets plural or whatever. They, they can put it all together and, and, and kind of if you're Pandora and you want to know this, uh, they, they can put it all together for you and, and let you know who's searching for this in what cities. So this obviously is, is very important data if you want to go and, and tar retarget these people with uh, online advertising um, you know, or whatever the case might be in terms of driving them to the store. So powerful thing uh, in the case of Google, Google Shopper Insights data. Second project. This one uh, will take me a minute to get through this one because it's, it's a powerful... Uh, new initiative between UNICEF uh, and Target. Okay, so uh, they've created a wearable device that is, is designed to fight obesity in American kids while helping malnourished children in developing countries through the UNICEF program. It's called UNICEF Kid Power. Uh, it's a activity tracking device for kids. Uh, it's going to retail for $39.99. Uh, it's paired with an app, and the wristband encourages kids to uh, get out and move more um, and, and exercise. And as they do so, uh, they're um, obviously collecting points. And these points are can be converted. The only currency for these points is to be converted into food packets for di uh, distribution around the world into UNICEF uh, countries. And so the more activity and challenge points they accumulate, the more lives they save is the idea and they can go onto the website. There's a website for this and track their progress and all this kind of stuff. So really, really cool uh, initiative. And there's a lot of star power behind this. Uh, initially kicked off uh, with uh, Pink, uh, the artist, and, um, uh, and, and they're creating missions and challenges for kids based on music and, and other uh, things that are happening. Uh, they've got other celebrities, including uh, the Red Sox, David Ortiz, um, uh, who's introducing kids to, uh, to children in Africa. Uh, um, uh, and uh, they've got uh, women's basketball star, star Maya Moore. They've got uh, a huge initiative that's coming later this year uh, that incorporates uh, the new Star Wars movie uh, as well. And so there'll be Star Wars-related challenges and a whole bunch of stuff around this. And these bracelets come in uh, currently four colors, blue, orange, uh, and uh, two special Star Wars uh, colors uh, as well. So, I mean, can you imagine the power with this and the brand and, and like the, the you know we know how big the Star Wars movie is going to be, and and 
get your kids just out there doing stuff uh, and and supporting UNICEF. I love it. It's a great project. So there you go. Um, UNICEF Kid Power with Target. Now, here's why I wish we still had Target in Canada. I don't know. What, what else can I say? All right. Third story. Uh, Uniqlo, another great retailer. Uh, we don't have this in Canada either uh, yet. It's coming. It's uh, just arrived in the U.S. in the last year and a bit. Uh, but it's coming. Je one of Japan's biggest uh, retailers. Uh, in Australia, in Sydney, uh, they're testing out uh, uh, a pretty cool thing called U-Mood uh, in their retail spaces. And uh, this is where they're using neuroscience, effectively your mood, to determine what is the right t-shirt for you to buy uh, at Uniqlo. And so uh, the way this works is, is that uh, uh, people sit down with a headset uh, in front of a, a giant screen in the store and various screensaver-esque images are, are being flashed by them, you know, such as people lying in hammocks, storm clouds, dogs, different kinds of things. And they're measuring your brain uh, reaction to these images um, based on five factors, drowsiness, concentration, interest, like, and stress. And based on, on algorithms that they've designed uh, against this, uh, they come up with recommendations on the, uh, the best uh, fit. Uh, uh, they have four T-shirts. Um, uh, with 600, uh, four styles of t-shirts, sorry, with 600 different designs and they'll come back and tell you which one is, uh, is the one that uh, fits your, uh, your, your, your neuroscience basically uh, and that is the one you should buy. So there you go. Um, I like it. it. It's pretty cool. It's, it's, so this has not been done before people. This is not like another, hey, here's a disappearing coupon when you're already in the store. This is, hey, we're going to tell you which shirt you should buy and by the way, it's still full price. Um, at, <laughs> at Uniqlo, so check it out. It's uh, if you're in Sydney, I'm going to be over there uh, in December, and I'm going to go and try and find one of these stores. Hopefully, this thing's still running, and I'm going to I'm going to give it a shot um, myself. So you you might get to see a video of Asif doing this, uh, and and we'll see what T-shirt they tell me I got to buy. Um, so usually it's my kids that tell me what T-shirt I got to buy. Now it's going to be my neuroscience. Could be scary. Could be scary. So and there you, you have go. To promise you have to wear the shirt. Yeah, I will. I will. Right. Uh, so Uniqlo's U Mood in Sydney. All right, number four, uh, New York City. You know about the big battle between Uber and the cab drivers and all that kind of stuff that's going on. And you know, obviously, it's way cheaper to use Uber in general. Um, and that's that's a big concern for the cabbies of New York City. So New York City has approved a new program, a test uh, program that will run for one year. Uh, with up to a thousand New York uh, yellow taxis where they're going to look at changing the way metering is done based on GPS-based taxi meters. Okay, so this is pretty interesting. Uh, the project just got approved on October the 15th um, and, and it basically it's as it says. Uh, you're going to get into these cars and just using a tablet type device and GPS built into that tablet the metering will be done completely based on GPS. So none of these preset rates and this, that, and the other thing, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be, be based on the actual route and GPS and, and what's happening there. So interesting. We'll see how that, uh, if that levels the playing field out a little bit um, in, in terms of the cost uh, side of things. Uh, the other thing that's really important is, is that this replaces, this one tablet device in these, in these cabs that they're testing it replaces uh, what is currently five different pieces of technology in, a, in an existing New York taxi cab. So there's a lot of cost to the taxi cabs companies of putting all this different equipment in that they've had to put in. Think about going down to a single tablet and just doing metering that way. So there's, there's some cost inefficiencies that come out besides the actual metering. So could be an interesting thing. We'll have to uh, keep our eye on that. But there you go. GPS-based metering uh, being tested in New York taxis. And lastly, our good friends at MapQuest. Now, Last couple of uh, retail locos, we had uh, the pleasure of having MapQuest uh, participate and uh, and speak at that, and uh, we didn't this time. But um, they are doing some phenomenal things with their uh, their mapping project, as Rob has has shared with us in interviews. Uh, MapQuest is still here; they're still very much alive. In fact, uh, they have 42 million customers that use their uh, their mapping uh, service, and they. Over the last year or so, apparently they've spent a lot of time talking to those 42 million customers and finding out what they like and what they want and, and, and how they can make it better. And so they've rolled out this week uh, their new uh, MapQuest service, making maps more personal, contextual, and smart, or as smart as you would like them to be. So you have some choice around this uh, as a user. 
And so the, the way this works is uh, they take the basic uh, topographical uh, boilerplate map stuff and then they uh, allow you to do customization based on a series of layers that you can turn on and off uh, on these maps uh, you know, for what you want or don't want. So it's comprised of things like hotels or gas stations, which you can toggle on and off, as well as a whole bunch of other services that they've gone and signed deals with to incorporate their data. So they didn't go build all this stuff and try to you know, build their own uh, services on this. They've layered other people's things, such as Uber is part of this, Yelp data is part of this, Grubhub and OpenTable are part of this. Um, and so, so it's, it's really interesting. So you can turn on a layer of restaurant information on top of the map you can turn, or, or off. You can turn on a layer of being able to book, obviously, through OpenTable. Uh, and one of the coolest things I like about this is a comparison tool that they built into this that allows you to contrast routes and pricing. So you can view routes uh, with, with different modes of transportation, So you, and you can do this side by side. You can say if I drive or if I take the bus or if I walk, you know, what were the differences in, in all these different things? Um, you know, around cost and so on. Um, and then um, you, you, you can even layer weather on. It can tell you if you choose to walk instead of drive that route, how many calories you, you should burn on that. So, like, it's really, really cool. Like, they were adding real valuable content on top of the map. And, you know, Rob, like a few weeks ago, talked about, you know, how he still doesn't, you know, use Apple Maps in the way that he should because it doesn't have necessarily all this layered content. And here you go. You know, one of the old boys is back with a very powerful solution in MapQuest. So take a look. If you haven't looked at MapQuest in a long time, now's when you should go take a look at it and uh, uh, give it a shot. So MapQuest, reinventing mapping. Sweet. Five done. stories. Five different news. You're done, eh? You're out? That's it? You're finished? Yeah. AK. Well, those are 10 great stories that this podcast brings to you each and every freaking week for 256 weeks. My goodness. There's got to be an award for that. Something. Maybe it's not good, but it is. We've been know. doing this for a long time. But it's powerful. It is powerful. Hey, listen. Uh, you know, speaking of maps, so um, we we featured one a couple of weeks ago called Sunshine. Remember that those guys? Yes. So I downloaded it, of course, like I do, and because uh, I'm Canadian, I am so focused on the weather every time I, I look out. Right. And so yeah. Chicago, man. When I got there, it was like 25 degrees Celsius. I can't believe it. It was, it was snowing. It was here. beautiful. So I was out uh, last weekend, uh, I was basically, uh, you know, putting up the last of my fence and it started to snow and I said, okay, I'm just going to tell Sunshine. So I log on to Sunshine and I'm like, okay, it's like, it's minus two, they get everything like that. And then it says, okay, describe the weather. And it had, you know, rain, fog, cloudy, windy, sunshine. I'm like, dude, there's no there snow. There was no snow. <laughs> there's no snow in the app. So I sent them a note. I said, like, I am Canadian. You cannot sell, you cannot just deliver an app without snow. So I think that they just refreshed it this week with snow. So it was like, I, I couldn't, I, no snow, obviously built in California, right? Yes. Yeah, really. Um, anyways, I just wanted to, to bring about weather, uh, that a little update there. All right. So, uh, Steve, that's it. That's the show. That's what we got. That is it. Now I, I, uh, I, just a few, a few small things here. One is that my biggest surprise at Retail Loco was how much, I uh, I admired uh, Linda Felter, who is a senior brand partner yes. at Foursquare. She was on my panel, and uh, and she dove headfirst into um, we were talking about online to offline and back again. And um, I uh, I was very impressed with her. She was a standout for me inside of this conference because of what's going on. You know you know when when Foursquare tries to redo itself, um, I, I giggle a little bit because I, I don't know that they can. But but she's very confident. She loves what she's doing. She's she was very confident on the stage. She talked just with basically with love for for Foursquare, and I'm 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 so impressed with that. So uh, they've got good people there, and hopefully they can they can do something about that. So that was one of the things that uh, that that stuck out for me. Um, the second thing that I want to do is uh, as I do as I've been known to do this, Asif. Right? I've been known to do this. Are you there? Yep. Okay. You're I just don't know frozen. where he's going with this, by the yeah. way. No, no, I just make a, make a recommendation or two, and I want to make one recommendation here. It is a, uh, a brand new television show. This is the world that we live in. It's Amazon. So Amazon Studios has put together something called The Man in the High Castle. It is based on a book by of, of the same name by Philip K. Dick. It is a, literally a glimpse into the 1960s world that would have been had uh, America not defeated the Nazis and, and the Japanese. And uh, actually, the United States is no longer the United States. It's split between the Nazi-occupied area and on the East Coast and then the Japanese-occupied area on the West Coast with this middle area, where, which is kind of open territory. And 
Uh, it is by Amazon. This is Amazon Studios that is doing it. And the great thing about this, this is actually Ridley Scott that's the uh, executive producer on this. So I can't recommend this enough. The Very cool. The Man in the well, High Castle. In that, Robin, I haven't read it or seen it. Yeah. Uh, is in that in that future world. Yeah. Where it's Japanese and German, German. basically. Yep. Who gets Detroit? Yeah, exactly. I think that's the free folk. They're like, oh, we don't want any of that, right? Who uh, gets Detroit? Nobody who's, gets Detroit. Who's, who's making the cars? Well, that's the weird part about it. So, yeah, I, I can't describe it. I, this is this is very well received. Uh, I think that you can actually log on to Amazon um, and see the first two episodes for free. Um, but I, I read this book, and it is a great book, and it is a gr- I, you know I love that Amazon's doing this. And really, Scott, like really, Scott. That's awesome. the world that we live in. I look forward to reading it. Maybe I'll read that tomorrow on the plane. You should. You should just down. Just go and do it. Go and buy that. Is book. it a short story? Can I print it out? <laughs> you can print it out. It'll be like seven thousand receipts. Ah. it's okay. But then you can just toss them when you're done. There you go. All right, uh, see if do you have anything else that you want to finish with because we got a we got a great way to finish this episode, don't we? No, I'm, I'm going to leave it with uh, you know the only way that we should end this show right now, which is a little crisscross. A little crisscross. Or a little bit of uh, hot sauce committee featuring Kyle working you got it all right so we're going to sign out here with kyle working of reflex systems not only holding his own just absolutely nailing uh jump by crisscross yeah and by the way yes he is reflex systems but he's also the head of the lbma's dallas chapter yes so this is the kind of quality people that when you join the lbma you get to hang out with and uh and and network with and do business with and of course, party with. Well, so he, without hesitation, grabbed the mic and went. So you're going to see this right now. This is a uh, actual footage of that night. That if you did not go to Retail Loco, you missed. So don't miss it again. All right, that's it for 256. Here is Kyle working. A safe, safe travels, man. Enjoy Vegas. Thanks, buddy. See you guys next week. <laughs> Thank you.